Chester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, everybody. It's Rochester Today, already Thursday morning. I'm Andy Brownell along with Tom Ostrom. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Andrew. <laughs> so what do you know? I guess <laughs> I shouldn't ask the question that way. That's kind of what the show is about. So maybe I better say, what's in the mailbag first? Okay. Uh, Governor Newsom, uh, Democrat of California, uh, he and others spend their time trying to knock down Ron DeSantis. And the ir- ironical thing is, Newsom, is, uh, he says, come to the true freedom state, California, while he attacks Florida and DeSantis as Californians migrate t- uh, to Florida. And the only... Uh, Economic success now in California are U-Haul trailers. <laughs> so yeah. Californians buy rent them to get to uh, Florida, but he's trying to say we're the freedom state. Uh, yeah, sure he is with record homeless, open borders, high crime, high taxes, defunded police, high drug deaths, and people fleeing California for uh, the southern states. And uh, who has given that summary? Our friend Branco, the uh, satirical political cartoonist. I saw a report that since the exodus from California began, they've lost 500,000 residents. Wow. Yeah. And those are the wealthy taxpayers as he raises California taxes. Poor people sick of just the general scheme of things out there and looking for better opportunities elsewhere. You know, right. You're looking at if you live in um, San Jose, of course, that's Silicon Valley, one of the most expensive places to live in the world. A very modest home like mine would cost a million and a half, two million dollars to live in. Oh. You know, how that's how how could that continue? You know, if you're a young person starting out in your career and you're working in a place like San Francisco, LA, uh, You'd have to have a rooming house full of roommates in order to afford the mortgage on a home. It's, I can imagine that everybody, I, I mean, I, the weather would be fantastic. I'd love to live in a place like weather, like San Diego, but no thanks. Right. Branco, again, picking on our governor. You know, the notorious hanger symbol that the pro-abortionists used uh, in their uh, propaganda. And so Branco shows the governor with a huge hanger, but he's using it to keep Minnesota women away from pregnancy centers. He's got them corralled and pulling them back. Tax money for abortions only. Uh, We've got more information on that uh, in, in Minnesota news. And then Branco again, Biden said this in his State of the Union, and I couldn't believe he was saying it, and I can't believe they're thinking it and doing it. He's going to go after waitresses. He's going to go after the people in the in the service industries because he thinks that they're not reporting their tips, and they're not reporting the tips they take home. So Branco shows uh, the, the Democrat donkey pointing a gun at a waitress who has a cup full of tips while she pours coffee. And on the gun of, of these 87,000 IRS agents Biden wants, uh, a gun pointed at the waitress. And we got more information on that in the serious news. I couldn't believe Biden okay. said, 
I didn't think I was hearing it right, but he is. So he actually said, well, we'll talk about it later in the hour. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll hold on my, with my questions. In fact, he said about waitresses taking home tips that <laughs> they don't report. Okay. I mean, who works harder than they do for their money? Okay, and then KLS uh, is watching the White House press secretary, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, and, and her name is Corrine. And, uh, and and KLS calls her cringe Jean-Pierre uh, as she bungled up the, the definition of the North American Air Defense Command in an interview. And she pronounced our neighbor to the north as Canadia. Canadia. <laughs> she did not, really? Uh, yes, she did. <laughs> and then uh, uh KLS is on a roll. Then she says, how's the Minnesota legislature going to quell soaring crime rates on light rail? Crime on those trains is terrible and violence. And then she said, law enforcement officers? Nope. The liberals have what they call ambassadors. Uh, They're the social workers that will ride the trains without weapons to prevent violence. Uh, uh, And and I read more about them and they're, they're, they're preparing for their jobs by studying yoga wait till the first confrontation comes with the thugs on those trains that's the mailbag oh goodness um yeah i'll admit that uh, since this all began in minneapolis uh when we went to twins games in the past i would ride the train Mm. we would uh, get on at fort snelling and take the train into downtown minneapolis and take it back uh to the parking lot and even before this, all oh, this crime surge that occurred in the Twin Cities, there were times late at night, if it was a night game, that I would feel a bit uncomfortable, not necessarily on the train, but at the train station. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving to go to where the vehicle was parked, it was a, a lonely stretch of parking lot and fairly well lit, but still there were nobody anywhere near if you were to yell for help. and mm-hmm. And... Since this is, I, I won't do it. I just plain won't do it. I will not take the light rail downtown Minneapolis. To, uh, I've read too many news articles. I've seen way too many reports of what's happened uh, at the train stations and on the trains. That uh, no, I'll pay for the parking ramp, and even uh, even the parking ramps make me a bit nervous up in Minneapolis. Oh sure, and I don't have it in front of me. I hadn't intended to cover it, but you reminded me of it. The president of the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis is trying to tell the press the crime on campus and around the campus uh, is not uh, significantly affecting enrollment. Well, even though they're looking into that. Well, even though they're like, I think 3,000 students below their enrollment target and the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis campus previously not everybody could get in. You would have a hard time trying to get a slot at the U of M Minneapolis campus, and they yeah. were turning many, many students away, and now they they can't fill all the slots. <laughs> so. That has nothing to do with the crime. And well, that president wanted to defund police, too, and wanted them off the campus. Now she's got uh, campus police, and then she didn't want Minneapolis police on her campus. Uh, uh, but then now... She's allowing uh, her campus police to cooperate with Minneapolis police and asking them to cruise around 
So uh, reality hits the defunders. All right, Tom. That was more than the mailbag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you got me thinking as you always do. It. Stop that. You stop it, Andy. Stop it. Okay, well, stop it right now for a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. News Talk 1340, K-R-O-C-A-M, and 96.9 FM. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. This week on Good Money Moves, Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union. Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It's Rochester Today. T.O. Tom Ostrom with us. I'm Andy Brownell. What do you want to start with? Oh, gosh, darn it. One more mailbag. Yeah. Before I forget. Great. Uh, John, longtime listener, email message. He pondered whether all of these... I think he was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously, when he said this. Uh, activity with uh, military planes shooting down balloons, or I guess they're mm-hmm. called unidentified aerial objects now, oh. uh, would impact the attendance at the big uh, experimental aircraft association air show in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well, it's unprecedented that we have U.S. military planes targeting yeah. and shooting down objects right. and the White in the House, skies above our country. And the White House and the military says we don't know what they all are or what they do, but they're, they don't pose a threat. Yeah. How do you know <laughs> that if you don't know what they are? Yeah. <laughs> all right. What's in Minnesota news? Mike... Woodley is a Twin Cities area hockey coach. On a cold January morning in Edina, the hockey coach wanted to drop off some gear to a fellow coach, left his car running, ran in, gave it, came back, the car was gone. Um, A Lexus with no plates came up alongside his car. Another person jumped out and took his Ford away from him. And then they took the stolen vehicle to Phillips neighborhood uh, in in Minneapolis, the Phillips neighborhood, where police are discouraged from pursuing vehicles, and the suspects must have known that. And uh, 700 vehicle thefts again this year. And and Woodley is so upset and so angry. He said, what's happening to St. Paul, the city I loved? There's a, I'm leaving Minnesota. I'm retiring from my career. And where is he moving to, Andrew? He says, I'm moving to peaceful Hayward, Wisconsin. I'm retiring. I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving my hometown of St. Paul. It's a cesspool. And I'm not political. But there doesn't seem to be any uh, effort uh, or ability to change it. Uh, I don't even think it's politics. I think it's people are just in their shells. Uh, nobody knows what to do about it, but I'm leaving. That's the one aspect of this crime wave that doesn't get a lot of attention. Those who have been victimized by it and what their reactions to it will be. Uh, will we lose residents over this? Will people uh, purchase weapons for their own protection? Will they take steps to, I I don't know. Will the Twin Cities lose residents? Will people say, I'm uh, done with this? 
I'm going to move elsewhere in the state of Minnesota. I don't know. There was out migration going on. But I think that has stabilized since the so-called end of the pandemic. I think mm-hmm. uh, people have begun moving back into the big cities of Minneapolis. Oh. Yeah, on, on certain demographics. Yeah, well, that's where the jobs are. So Okay. But the people who have the jobs there want to work from home. Yeah, let's... Well, every every month when we get the unemployment report from the state, it gives you a summary of year-over-year job growth for the major metropolitan areas. And the Twin Cities job growth dwarfs the rest of the state. Um, Rochester, depending on which report you look at, which time of the year, can range anywhere from a net gain of 1,500, 2,000 jobs to a net gain of 3,500 to 4,000 jobs. Similar numbers for St. Cloud, depending on the time of the year, but the Twin Cities, sixty to 80,000 jobs. So wow, it still is the employment center of the state of Minnesota. Okay. Uh, oh, my, my good friend Dave, a fellow veteran, he, he enjoys the show. He's the one that said, you shut me off. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed at your response to that. He said... He heard me mention uh, that the wind turbines are killing lots of birds. And he said, Thomas, uh, I have to tell you, those stories are exaggerated. So I don't know what the data is, but we'll put that on the record. I agree with him. I also agree with the stats that indicate that glass buildings are victimizing large number of birds, I think, are a bit exaggerated as well. I, I don't think the number is zero. I think it's obvious that birds fly into windows. And I think a few birds do fly into windmills. But uh, I've been up in the early morning hours near tall buildings. They are glass buildings. And I have not witnessed a lot of carcasses of birds lying on the ground nearby. Mm-hmm. So that's just my anecdotal response to that. He said it might be worse off the East Coast uh over the water because those turbine blades spin so fast they're almost invisible but he said that might be case there but not not across the nation in farm country all right i'm with you dave pregnancy centers are fighting for survival this from alpha uh, they're they're defending their work that they counsel women try to help pregnant women but there's a severe uh, assault against them sometime violent they're afraid that the governor will cease uh, funding uh uh, their clinics. I didn't know Minnesota funded them at all. Uh, and the executive director of Options for Women in St. Paul, Jennifer Meyer, says Options for Women. We've been. I'm and I'm. I'm worried with the options now. Uh, after Roe, uh, we have to justify our work. We have to protect our facilities against against violence. Uh, we counsel on adoption and parenting and and give pregnancy tests, ultrasounds. But we're being attacked even by the governor, and we think that, uh, in fact, Governor Walsh, she said, are, uh, has proposed cutting the three million dollar in state funds that go to 33 sites like this. Uh, that Governor Tim Pawlenty, a Republican, started that aid program, and uh, so uh, she's worried about what they can do. And then Minnesota Attorney General Ellison, she said, issued a consumer alert saying these centers manipulate individuals. And just yeah. so, uh, that's, uh, uh, so what's misinformation from what side? 
And the the main accusation would be that they tried to talk women out of getting abortions. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, that's what they're there for, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a, I don't understand where Ellison comes up with this manipulation and misinformation business. It's, <laughs> it's pretty obvious that that is their mission. It's to counsel women to find an alternative to abortion, adoption, keep the baby, whatever it may be. Yeah. I don't think there's any misleading thing going on there. I think that's pr- pretty clearly stated. Right. While also providing them with some of the medical services. Sure, that's right. And then Governor Waltz signed a blackout bill uh, concerning energy uh, and air pollution into law. And North Dakota is threatening to sue the Minnesota governor over it. The governor wants Minnesota electric grids to be 100% carbon free by the year 2040. Uh, it's a clean energy bill. Uh, and uh, and the Republicans tried to amend it to make it less severe. They want to allow nuclear uh, energy, which they say is clean, renewable natural gas uh, allowed. Uh, and the North Dakota Industrial Commission urged Minnesota lawmakers to clarify that the requirement only applies to electricity generated within Minnesota uh, because uh, North Dakota is going to sue Minnesota violating the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, This is about state sovereignty, said North Dakota, because they export about 50% of their own energy to Minnesota, the Bismarck Tribune said. In Minnesota, lost to North Dakota in a similar suit in 2007, and uh, Waltz urges his neighbors to, quote, get with get with the times. And uh, so a little bit of fussing uh, over that. Uh, I think it's just the very beginnings of the fussing over that. Uh, if the technology potential is not reached and uh, it's impossible to attain that goal, you have already taken steps to degrade or eliminate the fossil fuel generated electrics capacity. You just can't magically turn it back on. If you decommission all of these plants, which is the plan, and with the hope and prayer that you're going to have a replacement that is falls under the requirements of this law and for economic reasons or even technological feasibility reasons it's not attainable and you have an energy shortage on your hands and you'll have very costly energy because you're going to have to buy it off the grid elsewhere it's it's um it's a very risky proposition right. but according to the governor and those who back the governor it's not a risk because they argue the alternative is the apocalypse that there will be the end of mother earth and that you have to do this, and the urgency warrants it, because sure. there's no time to waste. And the other side of that is, if energy sources are eliminated, that could cause an apocalypse of, of uh, energy availability. And and I don't know what the trouble is with natural gas. It's a fossil fuel. It comes from the earth. It's a residual of uh, oil uh, refining, but... but to me, natural gas is clean, so I don't know why that's well, It still produces hydrocarbons, so it is still, it's not anywhere near 
the producer of carbon dioxide as coal is. Right. Um, but yeah, that goes back to the other part of it too, that somehow biofuels are okay. Well, I hate to tell you this, when you burn biofuels, you'll still get some hydrocarbons out of it. Sure, that's right. But I guess politically that's acceptable because it provides uh, areas to sell crops. I yeah. But I did see that there are um, there are some Democrats in the state legislature who have joined together with some Republicans in trying to get into future legislation an end of the nuclear mandate for the state of Minnesota, or the moratorium, I better say, mm-hmm. not mandate, moratorium, uh, where we have not had the ability to add any nuclear capacity in the state for quite a long time, um, decades, in fact. And uh, so there is a move afoot, and that is, whether it succeeds or not is another matter. But on the same topic, Tom, uh, a bill introduced in the state legislature would require that any future lawnmower, weed eater, uh, I can't remember the list, but generalized lawn equipment uh, cannot be gas powered in the state of Minnesota. You have to buy rechargeable electrics. My God. Other than snowblowers. Because I was, was, so, was, was going to ask, what about snowblowers? Apparently they'll exempt the snowblowers because right now the electric ones are prohibitively expensive and not that powerful. Mm-hmm. But the interesting one I found... I think the electric lawnmower business, those mowers are getting pretty good. Uh, Whether or not if you had a big lawn, it would work out for you or not, I don't know. But the law would also require the operators of ice rinks to get electric-powered Zambonis Mm. by a certain year. That's a sizable expense (laughs) for those machines. Okay. So we'll see if that uh, turns into a lobbying point. But one other one I was going to mention before we run out of time, unless you have something else you want to cover quick. You go ahead. Uh, Yesterday, the Minnesota Supreme Court issued its ruling concerning felony voting rights. And it was the state constitution as well as state law was challenged by a group of convicted felons who finished their prison terms or never were sent to prison, but were on probation or parole. And they felt that since they were done with prison or never went to prison, they should have the right to vote where state the state constitution says a convicted felon cannot vote unless they follow a prescribed procedure set by law. State law says they have to finish their probation before it can be returned, their uh, voting rights returned. And the Supreme Court sided with the Constitution and the state law and said, no, that stands. But interestingly enough, the Secretary of State, Simon, who had to defend this law in court, uh, is pushing for legislation that would allow the convicted felons to have the right to vote once they're out of prison. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have we got time for one more? Or sure, I... one more. One more. Okay. South Dakota Governor... Christy Nome, a Republican, articulate, impressive. Uh, she's uh, she loves uh, South Dakota, and uh, uh, she's active on horses and her cowboy hat and and conservative policy. <clears throat> she signed a bill to prohibit transgender surgeries and other things for minors. Uh, it prohibits healthcare professionals provide for providing sex reassignment and medical professionals from 
assigning surgeries, puberty blockers, hormones. It bars health professionals from providing services uh, to accommodate a minor's perceived identity versus their biological identity on their birth certificate. It bans uh, surgeries, testosterone, estrogen uh, treatments, and uh, those medical professionals that violate it uh, will lose their occupational licenses or certificates. South Dakota, they, they're joining the list. I think there, a number of other states have done the same thing. All right. We have to take a break for news already, Tom. We're a little bit late, in fact. So we'll run over to the News Center. Back in a moment with more of Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. It is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. With Patriot Today, Tom Ostrom's here. Andy Brownell. Tom, you mentioned the Biden business about uh, going after um, service industry people for tip business. What was that all about? Do you have more on that? Yes. Uh, a more aggressive IRS as uh, targeting service industry tips. Um, they want it to be a voluntary tip reporting program from employers, but uh, the the assertion is that some hardworking people like waitresses don't report all their tips and they take money home. I say, so what? <laughs> I think that it probably is the case, yes. They're, over, they're overtaxed anyway, and you got a lot of wealthy people that have the lawyers to avoid taxes, but Anyway, the IRS under Biden wants employer compliance to keep track uh, of, of these things. And uh, and Thomas Massey, Republican of Kentucky, said, no need to raise the debt limit, though. Biden's going after those billionaire waitresses with their large <laughs> tips. Uh, and well, uh, go ahead. Well, the false or faulty part of this would be, okay, if you have a voluntary employer reporting system the same waiter or waitress who takes the tip and puts it in their pocket what would require i mean what would prompt them to report how many how much they took into their employer in the first place Mm -hmm. if they're going to lie to the irs about how much they took in they'll certainly lie to their employer about how much they took in that any given night that's right so it solves nothing and the ways and means committee chairman Representative Jason Smith of, of, of Missouri, the Ways and Means Committee of the House controls budgets, it controls taxes, it controls everything. And the chairman said, while the president talks about going after billionaires in his partisan State of the Union address, it's clear the White House wants uh, thousands of new IRS agents to go after hardworking middle-class employees. The Democrat Party has forgotten they're tied to the working class, and House Republicans voted to defund Biden's IRS agent request, the increase, and uh, that won't become law as long as the Republicans control the House. But uh, uh, Representative Bobart of, of Colorado, a Republican, said the IRS and Biden are going after millionaires and billionaires, only those that are waitresses living off tips. They work very hard. Well, once again, this is another case for the fair tax. <laughs> you, you wouldn't care. There would be no tracking of income because the tax would be only based upon 
what you spend. So if the waiter or waitress took in buco bucks by being an exceptional service person and went out and bought themselves a new boat, they'd end up paying the tax when they bought the new boat. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah. It's, and also the other cash transactions that happen all the time in the society uh, that are unreported to the IRS that uh, is a flourishing underground economy. And uh, it helps keep many, as you pointed out, middle-class individuals and households afloat by moonlighting on the side for cash, those with the skills to do certain types of work. Uh, If you use the fair tax, they'd be taxed when they buy the new truck. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But a lot of interest groups don't want that changed. And then just the news said the Chinese... uh, the, the House Foreign Affairs Committee chairman, Michael McCall, uh, said that the Chinese balloons were surveying nuclear sites with their spy balloons. And he said, when I studied the sites that they were flying over, this was an intentional act. It's a provocation to gather intelligence data. Uh, they're looking at our capability in the event there's a possible conflict in Taiwan. But so far, we only know for sure that one of those balloons had a Chinese origin. The three other balloons, we have no clue. They could have been mother balloons. They could have been amateur, you know, meteorologists who sent up balloons that didn't report them. But we haven't gotten the full report, and I think it'll be kept secret, of the Atlantic uh, search uh, going on for that fallen balloon. The U.S. Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard have recovered some very interesting uh, material. And well, that, that one, yeah, that is recorded yet. Yeah, that was the one that had the two thousand pound undercarriage yeah. payload, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Now, I have no doubt at all that that came from China. That one, but mm-hmm. the other ones that have been shot down over Canada and over Lake Huron, we just have no clue. It's it, and it's amazing to me that. With the sophisticated technology that we have, that they have not been able to recover these balloons, or at least haven't told us that they've recovered them. Well, I think your second point, I'm so cynical about the Biden administration. I think if anything is recovered that makes us look inept in China, uh, 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 more successful, the White House and the, and the feds won't release it. They well, maybe part of this is to see here. nothing to see here. But maybe, Tom, on the other side of the coin, maybe there's a bit of embarrassment because they were so heavily criticized for not taking down the China balloon that they overreacted and started shooting down these other balloons when they didn't even know what they were. And now they don't want to come out and say that they were perfectly innocent. (laughs) Okay. Although they were flying in areas at altitude that did pose a risk to commercial airline traffic. Right. That's right. And if we think the White House press secretary hired for uh, liberal reasons, uh, she's gay, she's black, she's a woman, even the the Democrats are proud that they hired a woman for her job, even though they can't define what a woman is. But uh, which job? uh, Which position are you talking about? Buttigieg. He's a man. The transportation secretary. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the White House press secretary is a woman. And the Democrats oh, okay. brag about that. 
but they okay. won't find not even their Supreme Court nominee can tell you what a woman is, but they know she's one when they want credit. But Pete, I say Buttigieg. I don't know how to say his name. I think that's close, if not right. Yeah, he's uh, he's the transportation secretary, and he's a wall on just about every transportation problem. Uh, the 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 cancellations, the near flight accidents that have occurred uh, on the ground and in the air, uh, the the trains the trains wreck, the train wrecks in the east and the and the. Uh, uh, dangerous uh, volatile chemicals released in the air that the government is saying don't worry even though fish are dying and other people are dying and Ohio citizens have are fleeing their houses and they're coughing up things and the water's contaminated but don't worry don't worry don't worry it's only killing fish and Buttigieg has been AWOL on all those issues and when he goes on TV he talks about racism oh freeways are built that bisect black neighborhoods that's racism that's all he can talk about uh, and he's as incompetent, as, in my view, uh, as the he's, he, uh, as as as, uh, as the White House press secretary is. Uh, Biden has some of the most moronic advisors around him. Uh, even his uh, economic advisors are not business people; they're academics. Uh, they wouldn't know how to run a pay toilet for profit. And uh, so, so I, I, I criticize Trump for picking very bad advisors that were disloyal to him, caused him a lot of trouble, and were incompetent. I don't think Trump, the art of the deal, knows how to hire people. Uh, but Biden's got some real uh, deficient uh, uh, cabinet people around him, in my view. Well, and also this business going on with the train derailment until the last day or so, it really was not getting a lot of attention from the news media. You have the a potential catastrophic event occurring right in the heartland of the United States. And uh, regardless of the long-term effects, the short-term effects are uh, major for those communities and the people who make their homes there and work there. Uh, the disruption is incredible. I mean, I mean, when we had trains derail in the middle of North Dakota, they got more press coverage than this thing has gotten so far. And those were, well, man, there we go. They were, I think, uh, that one that blew up was carrying oil, so it was an oil fire. But this is this is a very toxic industrial chemical that was released into the air. So we'll follow this one all the way through, that's for sure. You bet. And U.S. Marshals are doing their job despite woke government agencies that are trying to stop them. U.S. Marshals did their job. More than 800 fugitives were caught in a crackdown over violent crime uh, in the last 30 days. 800 fugitives, violent criminals, sex offenders, gang members in, in, uh, in the southern states, in the northeast, in the Midwest, uh, including uh, close to us, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Puerto Rico. And, and uh, they're just going after these bad guys that come over the border or however they have generated their careers and 800 people that's how many bad people are in this country and again the open borders have increased their numbers i think i think there's a lot more than 800 tom i, I think <laughs> our, our prisons and jails are overflowing with people and we have people in my view who have been convicted of some very violent offenses who don't even go to prison so yeah that's right the numbers and if in, they get arrested the 
uh, woke uh, attorneys uh, and, and prosecutors let them go. I do have one item I think that uh, you might be interested in. A new uh, poll. This is out of the Associated Press, but it's Gallup and the Knight Foundation did this survey about overall trust in the national media. And uh, it shows that a majority of Americans believe that the national news media intend to mislead, misinform, and persuade the public to adopt particular points of view through the reporting. Mm. And uh, asked if the uh, if they agreed with the statement that the national news organizations do not intend or do not intend to mislead. Fifty percent said they disagreed with that statement. Fifty-two <laughs> percent disagreed with the statement that the disseminators of national news care about the best interests of their readers, viewers, and listeners. Mm. And uh, only 23% believe that the journalists were acting in the public's best interest. Those are really frightening numbers, especially for anybody involved in the industry. Sure. And I found that, again, that partisan divide exists. Democrats more trusting in the national media. But the independents surveyed uh, showed a, a very large increase in the number of those people who have mistrust in the national media. The local news, by the way, mainly higher marks and more trust. And I, I, I don't know what the difference might be in that case. And maybe because they're closer to home, they're uh, they're more accountable to the people who are the consumers. There's, well, there's, you know, you you and I don't know anybody who is working in the uh, you know the White House press corps, but there are. A lot of people who know me or anybody else involved in local news within our communities. So, but it does not bode well. No. Well, uh, I think that's true because to get a job in the big city media, you got to have the right uh, philosophies. Editors check that out. Uh, a liberal reporter said that uh, she she left CNN. She said I had a critical report on Hillary Clinton in her emails uh, several years ago. And the editors called me in and said, next time you criticize Hillary Clinton, you bring your material to us first. And she quit. Uh, and But I think local reporters are more professional and are more uh, consistent. They don't have the pressures, I don't think, or the environment uh, or the colleagues or editors that put pressure on them. And Trump realized that. President Trump said, I want my people to go out into the Midwest and out into the smaller towns and and he gave interviews to local reporters like you Andrew uh, at any chance he got well he never stopped by here oh. <laughs> <laughs> or he gave me a ring <laughs> he probably heard me criticizing him from my views of uh, my uh, my biased impression of the man from his days on The Apprentice how's that yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you also conceded some of his policies were effective, and uh, and you have always conceded that the uh, the so-called big media stars had a bias. You you you've known that, said it for a long time, and it's become so pronounced, and it's so undeniable and so disappointing. How's that? All mm-hmm. right, we'll take our break unless you had something else quick. Well, James Clapper, member fifty. Uh, former intelligence chiefs uh, and operatives, including ex-CIA chief Clapper, 
they signed a letter, about 50 of them, that said that oh, yeah. Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And the letter they signed clearly implied that. Uh, well, now, Clapper, because the Republicans are saying, we're subpoenaing you guys and we're bringing you before Congress. And if you don't uh, obey the subpoena, we'll have uh, legal action. And Clapper, I think, is getting afraid. And he said, I didn't call Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation, but he signed a letter that did. <laughs> he signed a letter that I said they had it out on this. That it, the, the exact phrasing was, has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Exactly. So, yeah, they used some legalese in that statement to give them wiggle room when it yeah. uh, comes to this. But the other thing about that as well is it's undeniable that that letter swayed a lot of newsrooms, especially national news organizations, uh-huh. um, gave them the ammunition to ignore that New York Post story and allowed Twitter and others to do what they did to that story shortly right. before an election and, right. it's, and that was probably the greatest sin of the national media as far sure. as uh, credibility is concerned. That's right. And uh, so they, uh, yeah, they, they did that and, they, and it, it probably influenced an election. And significant numbers of Democrat voters said had they known about the Hunter, Bab, uh, 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 the Hunter uh, laptop, uh, they would have changed their vote. And we are way behind again. So we'll take a break really quick. Come back in a moment. Uh, final couple of minutes of Rochester today on Newstock 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30%. Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on Newstalk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. All right, back to Rochester today, Tom. We only have a couple of minutes, so I'll talk really fast. What do you want to cover American greatness, uh, New York City covers 193,000 acres. The New York Post reports the U.S. Department of Agriculture revealed in last month's report on foreign-held land that Chinese buyers own 384,000 acres. Uh, Again, uh, New York City is less than 200,000 acres in area. And that's a huge area city and, and uh, 384,000 acres are owned by Chinese uh, buyers that from the Department of Agriculture mm. and uh, some officials say that's a national security problem. And uh, we have sent uh, na- uh, states that want to sell land to China to be alert for that. And they've notified uh, uh, North Dakota Congress people to be careful of the Chinese purchases. They don't like it. It's by a significant air base. But I don't know how they've gotten into that. We've talked about it before, but uh, that seems to be an issue. Um, along that note, before we have to go, I always remembered that former Congressman Gil Gutnick would point out that when talking about uh, uh, farm subsidy programs, uh, he's often argued that when looking at those programs, you had to look at those programs as national security issues because the food supply is a national security issue. Yes. An adequate food supply for your your citizens is got to be pretty tall on the list of things. Right. It could be a national security issue. So, all right. We'll have to wait until Thursday. 
No, next week. It is already Thursday. What yeah. am I doing? Thursday, yeah. <laughs> You're overwhelmed, Andrew. I don't know how you keep track of everything you do, but uh, yeah, well, thank you. Well, you have a great weekend, Tom. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ostrom, I'm Andy Brown Allen, News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Text